We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. That's all I expect. If I ever if I ever get outside of the truth, not only do I not expect you not to help me, I, I expect you to challenge me and say, that's not true. That's not true. you got to fix that. And, uh, and then if I'm wrong, I'll fix it. But uh, I'm going to stand the word today. Now, the last several weeks, we have had a wonderful time. We'll have a wonderful time here today. The Lord's not through yet. I think we're still waiting on the, the best wind to blow. Uh, not because I'm up here, just because of what I feel, what I know is fixing to come across the pulpit. But I know the last few weeks, we have talked about so many things that have made folks smile and want dance and want to shout and want to get excited but today I've got I got a pickaxe in my hand we're just going to kind of clean around the roots a little bit if, if you don't trim a tree every now and then deal just came out what trees to trim in February I already know this all the crepe myrtles out here we come up 12 inches off the ground every year cut them off well, they'll, don't that kill them? No, that gets them ready for good stuff next year. And uh, so we have to do a little, uh, a little work. And, and if, you'll, you, if you'll stay with me right here today, don't judge the message already. It's going to be good. You're going to be blessed. There's going to be mercy and hope. But it's just going to be a little deeper. And uh, it's going to just show our requirements, what we got to do. And so how many of you remember from... Sunday school as a child or on and on and on, wherever, maybe just reading the Bible or just showing up as an adult and hearing somebody refer to it. How many of you remember the story of Moses and then got Aaron along with him and uh, they go to Pharaoh and they tell the Pharaoh, let God's children go. Let them out of Egyptian bondage and slavery. So, so that what? So that they can serve the Lord. Not so they can go have a land and grow a crop and, and have a family and work their own hours and run their own businesses. He gave one purpose. Free from Egypt to serve the Lord. Amen. 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 I want to read one verse with you. That's found in Exodus chapter number 8 and verse number 1. Amen. I'm excited. I'm excited. We heard a word this morning. We heard a word Wednesday. Heard a word last. God is just good to us. Amen. He's just, he's just good. What a God. I hope we hear the word today. Exodus 8 and 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, let my people go, that they may serve me. I'll share a title and a thought and a point to preach back to here a little later. But help me pray right now. Let's do that together. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. You're an awesome God. You're an on-time God. Words cannot express really who and what you are to us and You've been so much more than fair. 
I ask you to move us today. I ask you to touch our hearts, touch our minds. Challenge us today. Move us in a new place. For us that need it, change our direction. Change the way our feet are pointed, our minds are thinking. Just do something in us today, Lord. We just pray your blessings flow through a special anointing. Let us hear it, understand it, and respond to it. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And give him a hand clap if you think he deserves it. bless you you may be seated I love you and I'm honored to stand before you today thank you and let me say now because there may not be a time to say it later alright I just want y'all to know it don't matter what message I'm preaching to you I'm walking in happiness alright the Lord spake unto Moses going to Pharaoh and saying to him thus saith the Lord let my people go that they may serve me we, we've preached this message. We've taught it. We've taught it in home Bible studies. We've used it. Uh, we've, we've bounced things off of it. We've made great comparisons throughout this entire uh, story. But, you know, what we gather out of this, really, the, the, the beginning and the end is kind of what we see. It's kind of what we preach. It's what we hear. It's what we understand and respond to. It is that the Lord sent a man that was... 80 years old, tongue-tied, with a stick, on the run for murder. Well, it makes the rest of us feel good, doesn't it? Sent that guy, and he said, I can't talk. I can't do what you want to do. And he said, all right, then take your brother Aaron, and y'all go and do it. And they went and talked, and ultimately we know the story that they were relieved from that 400-some-odd years uh, of bondage and then we know that they uh, went around the mountain for 40 years and we know that they finally uh, uh, obtained the land of promise and, and we have preached that and, and it's such a beautiful story but I want to tell you there are a lot of stories in the story there's a lot of little baby miracles in the big miracle. And I want to talk about some of those today. We, we've talked about at length in, in, in classrooms of, of, of both young and older people how the cloud led them in the daytime and the pillar of fire led them at night. We know the story of how God dropped manna from heaven and how he dropped cooked quail from heaven and how he caused water to flow from a flint rock. We, we've, we've talked about those things and there's so many sides to this big story or how the Egyptian army, this is one of my favorite ones, how they got after them with 600 top war chariots. I mean, they were the Abrams tank. They, they were the, the Hornet. They were the, the Navy battleship. They, they were the cruise missile. I mean, you know, they, 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 could, they could decide what ear hole they hit you in with the arrow while you were running. This was the top of the top. And we've preached about this and how the Lord rolls the water back and the people cross over on dry land and then all of a sudden that entire army and 600 chariots are swallowed up and they're all defeated. And the Lord said, look back. That army that you see, you'll never see it again. What a beautiful story. Oh, I love to preach it. 
It's so good. I like it. But before all of that, the road had to be paved. Some things happened that we don't always look at too, too deeply and pay close attention to. But we've got to understand that God spoke through Moses and Aaron and he warned that new Pharaoh. The Bible said they got a new Pharaoh. He didn't honor the people. He didn't respect the people. He didn't think they were working hard enough. And he became a hard taskmaster is what the Bible says. And so he, he, he wanted more work out of them. He, he, he didn't want them to have the privileges that they had. And so the Bible says that the Lord spoke to Moses on the backside of that mountain in a burning bush. He said, pull your shoes off. You're on holy ground. You're going to save the nation. Not me, Lord. I can't even talk. Well, I'll give you a guy. What you got in your hand? I got my stick. Make your stick. Hit the ground. He hit it. And the Lord showed power and authority. I don't want to waste too much time from a snake to, to not being a snake and to the water and, and on and on and on. And he showed him, you've got something. I've touched you. You're anointed. You're my man. But something else happened before that. Something else happened before that. The Lord told Moses, he said, you and Aaron go, since Aaron's going to be your mouthpiece, and you go tell Pharaoh to let my people go so he can worship me. So that they can worship me. And if he don't, I'm going to bring something down on the man. The Lord threatened the Pharaoh. Yeah, he did. He, he said, if you don't, I will. Oh, here we go. And so as we know it now, there's 10 incredible plagues that, that fell on Egypt to cause the Pharaoh to finally let the people go. There's 10 different things. They're, they're drastic events that would happen if they did not comply and simply just release the children from that terrible bondage so that they could go and serve their God, Jehovah, the great God of creation. And these are the things that God told them would happen. Now, I'm going to get to my message and then I'm going to preach about 10 minutes. I'm going to set you up for about 15. In Exodus 7, he says, you tell them if he don't let them go, I'm going to turn all the water into blood. Yeah. Every ounce of water in Egypt, I'm going to turn it into blood if he don't let them go. Yeah. And so, went to him, talked to him. Pharaoh's heart was hardened once he thought things would be okay. And what happened? The Lord turned all the water into blood. Well, the Bible uses the word of reprieve. Once it went back to normal, Pharaoh changed his mind. Heart got a heart again. He said, well, okay, the water's not blood anymore. And uh, I made an agreement I'd let them go. And Moses said, okay, I'll settle this. And, and then in eight, the, the frogs come on the land and same thing happened. And then in the middle portions of that uh, next chapter of eight, Moses struck the earth with his staff and all the dust. Imagine how much dust is in Egypt. All the dust turned into lice. I worked a lot of youth camps as a young person when I was working in youth ministry. And when you came through, you had to go see the nurse. And they took a lice comb. 
they ran it through your hair. And if you had lice, you, you couldn't come on the grounds because those little creatures could just spread all over everywhere. And a couple of times, I, I could tell you about some situations, but I want you to be able to eat later. I was always blessed, but a lot of times children that came on the grounds weren't blessed until they could get a nurse off-site to say they're clean. I mean, it's just the way it was, and that's a good, that's a good policy. And so it was, and uh, all the dust became lice. And uh, He said, well, you know what, I'll, 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 I'll give in. I'll let them go. And so... Moses said, okay, let me, let me talk to the Lord about it. And the Lord said, I'll do it. And he saw a reprieve. It became sand and dust again. And uh, he, his heart got hard again. He said, ah, oh, thank goodness the lice is gone now. Watch. Towards the end of that same chapter, the Bible says that he went to him and he said, you got to let them go. If you don't let them go, I'm going to cause swarms of flies. It's a hamburger outing in Texas outside in June. Come on. You've been there. If you hadn't, you hadn't been outside eating a burger in Texas in June. But here's what he said. He said, I'm going to call swarms of flies to come all over this earth. And here is what the Bible said the swarms of flies came down and they covered every animal and all the land except for that little place called Goshen where God's people lived. It was just like a wall. It's like the flies flew into a, a, a piece of plexiglass or something and just fell. And the Bible said that Pharaoh would go check it out after every plague and he'd look over into Goshen and go, you know, they're not suffering. Well, they're doing what God said to do. Oh, oh, it's fixing to happen. So they get through that, and he says, man, you got to get rid of these things. He said, okay, let me go and treat of the Lord for you. And he went and talked to the Lord, and all the flies flew. Pharaoh was like, ah, okay. Now I don't think I'm going to let them go. Heart got hard again. There it was. Then in chapter 9, it begins with the sickness and the death of all the Egyptian cattle. Something came over them. They began to be covered in sores, and they all died. Every cow in the nation, except that little line in the sand. Right here, there was cattle eating good, and right here, they were falling over dead. And Pharaoh said, okay, I've had enough. I'm done. I'm tired. Don't want no more of it. You go talk to your God. But see, on every one of these, as you read, what he would do is he'd call up the soothsayers and the magicians. And they would match that. Every time the Lord would do something, the enemy would say, well, I can do it too. But the problem was he never could get rid of it. He could bring problems on He could bring lice in the house. He could bring flies in the house. He could bring frogs in the house. He could bring death to the cattle. He could bring blood to the water, but he couldn't get rid of none of it. See, it took God to change it back. Mm. 
In the middle of chapter 9, the Lord speaks to Moses and he says, go reach where the fire used to be and grab the ashes, two hands, and throw them up into the wind. And when the wind blew, he multiplied those ashes that those ashes would land all over the entire nation. Watch this. It happened. Ashes went everywhere. And boils came on the flesh of every man in the land, covered in boils. Any of you ever had a boil? You ever been burned? I got burned this week, right here on the arm, about the size of a small cigar. And it's just a, it's, it's a burn, man. It's a burn. A boil. A boil. Watch. Watch. You ready? And so they said, well, what are we going to do? He said, what do you want to do, Pharaoh? You know, everybody's running around here sick and clawing their eyes out and scratching their ears and their back and got stuff all over them. I mean, people's complaining. They're mad and upset and aggravated at you. This is all your fault. You can stop it. What do you want me to do? He said, talk to your God. He said, sure, no problem. So he entreated of the Lord. He says, okay, he'll let them go. Just remove the balls. Every man was healed. It's like that. Pharaoh's heart got hard. He said, well, guess what? He said, the people here don't have any balls. So we're going to hang on. If if y'all just trust me, I'm I'm just just about through these 10 and then we're going to preach. So his heart is hardened again and You get right there towards the latter part of chapter 9 and Moses stretches his hand towards the sky at the voice of the Lord. He said, Lord, do your thing. And the Bible said that hailstones began to fall out of the sky, not in Goshen, but on all the rest of Egypt. So as much as that every single tree branch in the nation was broken off of its tree. There was not one living tree branch. But think about that. I mean, my, we got hit twice last year. Everybody in my neighborhood got a new roof. My truck got beat up. My car got beat up. The next week, while everybody was getting fixed, we got hit again. And I mean, this was just almost the size of my fist. But I, had, I still got all my trees. I mean, this beat off every limb, beat the limb off of every single tree. That's, that's some serious hell. And, and so can you imagine what the houses sounded like and the chariots and, and, and whatever animals might have been left and what all was going on? The Bible said it beat the crops level to the ground. Two of the main money earners beat them down. Moses said, well, what you want to do, Pharaoh? And he said, man, I need you to entreat of your God. I need you to talk to him because, uh, you know, this is getting pretty serious now, all these things happening to us bad like this. He said, yeah, no problem, I'll do it. So he went and he prayed to the Lord, and the Lord said, oh, yeah, no problem. The hell stopped. The Pharaoh could see in his mind, we'll get around this. We'll replant. We'll grow. Everything will work out. Bible says that the crops of barley and flax were beaten all the way gone, ground down into the sand during the hailstorm. 
Beginning of chapter 10. Watch this right here. Pharaoh comes in with a hard heart again. And he tells him, he says, now, Pharaoh, if you let the people go, everything's going to be okay. He said, but if you don't, there's fixing to be locusts come on, come on the ground. It's going to come on you, all over everywhere. And the Bible leads us to know in chapter number 10 of the book of Exodus that there were so many locusts, no human eye could see ground. There's a reason I'm not trying to preach this. I want us to hear this. I want to make sure we gather this in. Nobody could see the ground. We've got locusts at our house every year. They live in the ground. They come out of these holes and those things. They used to. I think he got used to them or or learned how to do something. I don't know. We've literally gone outside and, and seen our dog with his paws on his ears. Is it true? It's a fact. Because there's these little bitty holes and these big old locusts about an inch and a half long green with them big eyes come out and they go, meep, 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 meep. And the dog's going, I can't get no rest. I can't do nothing. They're loud. They're making them. These things are everywhere. You can't even see the ground. Pharaoh says, hey, man, um, my wife has kicked me out. Something's got to change. They were in every house. They were on every bed. They were on every chariot. Every animal alive on the crops that were left, the Bible said they ate them all to destruction. Then they ate the branches that the hail knocked off the trees. I mean, they cleaned the place up. All right, watch. We're fixing to preach. It's going to be short. Here we go. What happened? He said, what you going to do? He said, man, I need you to talk to the Lord for me. He said, I need you to do that because I'm looking over there in Goshen and, uh, you know, they're covered pretty good. They ain't got no problems. And he said, no problem. I'll do that for you. And he comes back. And the Bible says, after this one too, the heart of Pharaoh was hardened. And so here it was. He spoke to him again. I got two and we're done. He said, Pharaoh, if you don't do what's right, there's fixing to be a darkness come over this earth like you have never seen. And when you study the word darkness right here, a darkness came for three days over the land of Egypt. The Bible said not one person except for in Goshen could see another person no matter how close they were. I'm talking about darkness that overwhelmed the fire. Darkness so thick a candle couldn't light it up. Darkness. Hey, if y'all just stay awake with me just a few minutes, we're going to preach right here. I know some of you, we're in your nap time. Just think it's going to change in March. Watch. Watch this right here. And so here it is. It's dark. The only darkest time ever that matches this is when Jesus Christ cried, it is finished. And darkness fell upon the earth for a space of three hours. It was three days of darkness in Egypt. And Pharaoh said, man, we just can't live like this anymore. People lost their mind. They don't have anything to eat. The, 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 the water was tainted. The, the, the locusts came. The cattle are messed up. We've got all these problems. You've got to talk to your God. Moses said, no problem. I'll talk to him. What you want me to tell him? He said, tell him I'll let him go. Just turn the light back on. Right across that stripe, it was light in Goshen. So 
He said, okay, come back. He said, hey, I talked to the Lord. Everything's good. Click. And the Lord turned the light back on. And he said, oh, thank the Lord. Thank you, Moses. Man, man, you're getting tired. I sure appreciate all these favors. Uh, you know, but his heart got hard again because the problem's gone again. See, sometimes folks have a soft heart when they have a problem. Sometimes it's really easy to find the man of God or the word of God or the spirit of God and say, I'll submit if. And the Lord in all of his infinite wisdom said, you know, I hate to do this. I, I, I really do. I, I, I thought it'd be different than this. And it, this is just me talking. That's not a biblical quote. But I know how God loves people. He didn't want to ever get to this. But he said, it doesn't seem like. I've tried to affect them financially. I've affected their relationships with flies and lice and locusts. And I got people fighting among themselves. And, they, you know, they, they, everybody's getting aggravated and upset at the Pharaoh. And, and, and they can't stand in solidarity. And, and, and they, this, this administration's lost its mind. They're fixing to overthrow me. Okay. We're cool. We're going to keep the people. All right, but you let them know that at midnight, every single firstborn child and animal that's left is going to die. You know what happened at midnight? Every firstborn child and animal died. Can you imagine the wailing in Egypt? Oh, that just hit me so hard. Can you imagine the pain and the hurt and the sorrow of every mother? The fathers too, but let me just preach. Can you imagine how, how, how overly devastated the nation was? These slaves over here, that they, nobody died across that line. Why is it that our leader won't just lead our nation right? And it happened. That's in verse 11. So we got the water turning to blood. We got the frogs coming across the land. We got the lice, the flies, the livestock, the pestilence, balls, hail, locusts, darkness, and the killing of all the firstborn children. And finally, after all of that, Pharaoh stepped down off of his throne and he said, You gather up all your belongings and all of y'all are not welcome here anymore. Get out. He kind of lost his mind a little bit, didn't he? Because, see, he had an opportunity to do what was right early. See, the Lord was just showing out, in my opinion. That's strictly opinion. Don't take it as fact. Take it as rustyism. It's strictly my opinion that the Lord was showing out when he turned all the water to blood. 
Because he knew when I turn it back to water, people can live without water three days. Nobody's going to die. The crops aren't going to die. Nobody's going to be punished. Everything's going to be okay. I just want them to know I'm God and I'm in control. So I'm only going to do this for, 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 for a couple, two or three days. And he turned the water into blood and everything worked out okay. But we're fixing to read through this now. I got 14 verses. And the Lord, starting with one, chapter eight, the Lord spake unto Moses, go unto Pharaoh and say unto him, thus saith the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. And if thou refuse to let them go, behold, I will smite all thy borders with frogs. And the river shall bring forth frogs abundantly, which shall go up and come into the house. Imagine this, ladies. And into thy bedchamber. And upon thy bed and into the house of thy servants and upon thy people and into thine ovens, getting ready to cook some bread, and into thy kneading troughs, and the frogs shall come up both on thee and upon thy people and upon all the servants. And the Lord spake unto Moses, Say unto Aaron, Stretch forth thine hand over thy rod, with thy rod over the streams, over the rivers, and over the ponds, and cause frogs to come up upon the land of Egypt. And Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. And the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go that they may do sacrifice unto the Lord. And Moses said unto Pharaoh, Glory over me, and shall I entreat for thee and for thy servants and thy people to destroy the frogs from thee and thy house, and that they may remain in the river only? That's a question mark. And he said, Tomorrow. And he said, Be it according to thy word that thou mayest know that there is none like unto the Lord our God and the frogs shall depart from thee and from thy house and from thy servant and from thy people they shall remain in the river only and Moses and Aaron went out from Pharaoh and Moses cried unto the Lord because of the frogs which he had brought against Pharaoh and the Lord did according to the word of Moses and the frogs died out of the houses out of the villages out of the fields and they gathered them together upon heaps and the land Are you ready for the word of the Lord? We're fixing to preach right here. Brother Beckham, just get ready. Don't go yet, but just, just get ready. When you go back and you read verse 10, this is the one and only opportunity that I believe the, the frogs were the second plague. I believe the Lord was showing out what he would do. He would keep his word. He would not cut them any slack. You better pay close attention to what I'm telling you or I will keep my word. And he did that. But on the second plague, the Lord done something that he didn't do on any other plague. He gave Pharaoh the option of how he wanted to handle the business. And he said, he said, he said in nine, he said, you want me to take them from thee and thy houses that they may remain in the river only? He asked the question. And Pharaoh responds like this. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Everything else he did not have the option. 
But on the first thing he had the option, he said, we are big enough people that we can handle any bad thing that comes our way for another day. I want to preach to you for about 10 or 12 minutes right here. Just one more night with my frogs. Woo, I'm fixing to preach to you. Are you ready? Just one more. When do you want me to settle that situation in your house? Tomorrow. When do you want me to set you free from all these problems? Tomorrow. I want to tell you something, folks. There's too many people in this house that ought to be good, worshiping, contributing saints of God to the kingdom of the glory of the one and only true living God, but we're hanging on to our problems and to our sin and to our special things one more day. We don't serve a God that will operate on your time frame for how long you want to keep your sin. Another night with the front. Just one more night. Uh, turn the lights down, if you will, and give me that first picture. I want to show you what Egypt looked like. Give it to us. Uh, when it'll pop up. Look at that. They couldn't see the ground. I even Googled to make sure I got the right species for that part of the world. Here's your picture. And then there were pond frogs and then there were lake frogs. Bring up the next picture. There's another species, a little different in color. Come in at mating season. This is what all the water in Egypt looked like. Everything. When they went down to get a drink, when they went to the well, when they went to wash their hands, when they went to wash their clothes, when they went to bed, when they went to, to get a drink of milk. That's what they had. Everywhere. Covering everything. What's the third picture look like? That's what Egypt looked like right there. Frogs, just old nasty stinking frogs. And a leader of that nation that they asked, I can get this settled for you right now. How would you like it? And so you notice when he says tomorrow that every other plague, Moses didn't give him an option except to have to wait another day. You set the tone for how quick you want God to show up in your life. Every other problem, Moses didn't pray to God till the next day. Show us that fourth picture. Oh, look at there. See that? It's just sample photos. You see that stuff across there so it can be printed and claimed as our own. Hey, that's what the ground of Egypt looked like. Give me the fifth picture. The Bible said that they all died. Now the whole ground is covered with that. And the Bible said that the people were tasked to scoop them up and carry them away. And the land stank. You may tell you something. If we're going to decide we want to hang on to our old filthy frog sin. I promise you when it dies it will leave a stink on your life. It'll leave a smell in your country. It'll leave a smell in your marriage. It'll leave a smell in your finances. It'll leave a smell. It'll leave some old stink behind. Just give me that one more picture. Look at there. They went to get.
get a drink. Old bloated frogs just about to blow up in the heat of the Egyptian sun. The entire land is covered with them. Imagine ladies going to wash your clothes. Imagine men going to water your animals. Imagine getting ready to take a shower, getting ready to take a bath. When you flip that bucket from the old day and all you heard was these frogs and this nasty thing and now they've died. The water stinks. The animals stink. The food stinks. The sheets stink. Your husband stinks. Your wife stinks. Your children stink. Everything smells like your old dead sin because you were willing. Turn it up, brother. Some folks said, I like that. That sounds like the country to me. It's in your bed. You reach over to snuggle up to your husband. Come on. You go to change a baby's diaper. I love you, darling. We've got a great future, don't we? I'm so proud of little Junior. We'll probably get him in Harvard or Duke at least. Is it bothering you yet? Good. Let it play 15 more seconds. Is that sound? That's the sound of the sin you could have got rid of right now. But you made a decision in your mind that you would wait until tomorrow because you were big enough to handle your own business. I want to preach to some people right now that you've got an opportunity to clean it up today, to get it right today. You don't have to wait another day or another night or another problem or another... Come on, somebody listen to what I'm preaching to you right now. You've got an opportunity to settle it today. You don't have to go to rehab. You don't have to go to prison. You don't have to get a divorce. You don't have to file bankruptcy. You just got to get it right right now. Just give me, thank you, Brother Snead, so much. Hey, just give me one more night. I want to tell you something. Here's what happens when the Lord allows things to come into our life. We'll say, yeah, Lord, I want to do it, but just let me have one more opportunity to do my business crooked. Let me have one more shot at making a, a crooked financial deal. Come on, Lord, I want you to touch my health, but I'm not willing to do anything to help you. I'll start my diet tomorrow. I'll start working out tomorrow. I'll quit smoking tomorrow. I'll quit drinking tomorrow. I'll quit shooting heroin tomorrow. No, we don't serve a God that promises us he'll settle it tomorrow. He wants a right now sacrifice or it could come back to be death in your life. Hey, there ain't enough Pentecostals in here. I feel that. Lord, I'll quit listening to that filth tomorrow. I'll quit watching that filth tomorrow. I'll quit going to those sites tomorrow. No, tomorrow will be too late and it'll leave a stink and a mess at your house like you've never...
this is heavy right here, isn't it? But there's so much grace and mercy in this because all he had to do was say, yeah, I'll do it today. And because of that, the last eight plagues couldn't be settled until the second day because Moses followed his lead. Yes, Lord, I'll get out of that ungodly relationship. Yes, Lord, I'll, I'll quit living a barnyard lifestyle. Yes, Lord, I'll quit going from man to man and woman to woman looking for the perfect feel. I'll quit doing all that. Lord, just let me get through the party this weekend. I'm here to tell you he's not a God that's promising us the weekend. He's not a God that's promising us if we'll do right tomorrow, there'll be no stink today. Somebody's got to hear me when I tell you you got to get it right today one more night in that ungodly relationship one more night on those pornography sites one more night all it's going to take is one more situation to create you more trouble than you can settle in a lifetime how long does it take to get your trees back how long does it take to get your crops back how long does it take to get your firstborn back I'm happy as I can be, but I'm preaching to some people that's playing church. I'm preaching to a few folks that's playing like you know God, that's pretending to be involved. You're doing it while he's blessing you, but your heart will be hard before the evening. I'm gonna say something and we may lose half the congregation. If we do, you can call a vote and I'll be gone tomorrow. Are you ready? I've done something this year. Woo, I feel this in the Holy Ghost, so y'all just stick with me. I've done something this year I've never done. I took every single giving statement and started reading down them. When folks call me and say, hey, we're in a bind, Pastor. We're struggling. We're in a hardship. It's in those same months. There's nothing on their page. One of two things. Either you let the kingdom go first and then you get back to it when it starts stinking or I'll support the church tomorrow, Lord. Who said you'll be here tomorrow? Who said you'll have a job tomorrow? Who said the trumpet won't sound tomorrow? We're trying to reach the loss and build a building and you're saying I'll give tomorrow. It won't work like that. You gotta do what you're gonna do today. You gotta do it now. See, marriage is falling apart. I can go look at notes where you call three Sundays in a row because the baby had a diaper rash. You may tell you what that lets me know. You ain't serious. And trouble. Is coming. Oh, Pastor, you're preaching judgmental. No, I'm trying to get you into heaven. Make up every excuse in the world. I know people that can set their own schedule and they make sure they work two, two Sundays and a Wednesday every month. Well, I just need a little break. You don't need a little break. Frogs are fixing to come. Come on, I, I, I'm just sharing with you. But there's a mercy behind this damnation that sounds like that I'm preaching. And that is you can say, Lord, I want it right today, right now. I'm sorry I made a failure and I made a mockery out of what you wanted me to be. But I will fix it today, right now. 
Not next Sunday, not with an evangelist, not once my toes quit hurting, but I will swallow my pride and I will go now and fix it. You're never going to get well because you use being sick as an excuse. Not a reason. Your children are never going to be healthy because they're sick all the time. It's an excuse. You're never going to make any money. You're never going to own a house. You're never going to pay a car off because God has never been a today God. He's been a God that's whatever's left. We probably won't have to build a building after today. But I'll tell you what we will do. We'll see a lot of brand new people that's hungry for the absolute truth and not some watered-down sissy version. You keep living in that sin, you'll be visiting your children through bars. You keep living in that sin, you'll visit them at the cemetery. You keep living in that sin, you'll be in bankruptcy court tomorrow. You keep living in that sin, you'll see the text where he or she has been cheating all along. There'll never be a chance to make it right. Because you're making a choice. I'm not going to do it today. You listen to me, those of you that are still strong enough out there in Facebook land and Spotify and YouTube and everywhere else, you hear me. You may not be in the presence today, but I hope there's a good reason and not some junk excuse. Because next week you'll have a real reason. Tell you something. I'll watch Sister Gigi Scott. Can I preach about you for just a minute? I won't tell all your business, but I'm gonna tell a little of it. Is that all right? Just a little of it. I won't embarrass you. Let me tell you something. Has a brace on her leg, suffered a stroke. I was there that night. We we prayed, we believed it would change. The Lord has chosen a different path. It's gonna change. There's still gonna be a miracle. But he's chosen a different path. She shows up here. Slow to come in, slow to leave with this walker. Hadn't been around this church a long, long time, what, six, seven years now? But not for a lifetime like many folks. Shows up faithfully every service. Every single month, you can write it down. Tithe, offering, building fund, like clockwork. Well, wait a minute. What's she do for a living? I don't know. That might be disability money. I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to tell you something. Hey, this is not a money message. Is it? If this is all you get out of this, you're a mile wide and an inch deep. You got to get real. If you don't give God all the land, He won't bless any of the land. Why do I keep falling in these deep places of despair? Why does everything bad happen to me? I don't know. I just want to know. Have you made the pledge to God that you'll talk to Him and walk with Him and live holy and righteous and pure to your understanding and do your part in the kingdom? Have you made that pledge? Good. Now the next question. Are you keeping it? Well, I do it, you know, but I, I just, I just, I just need one more night, just one more month, and I think I can get ahead. Pastor, we're in trouble. 
We're in bad trouble. Now, now I helped somebody this week that was in legitimate trouble that are here all the time and work here all the time and they give their life and they give their time and they give up their talent. And they had a, a job situation they couldn't help. I've done what I could do to help. So I want that person that's in the building to know right now I'm not preaching to you. But I'm preaching to every other person in the building but that husband and wife. We just can't seem to get on top. It's because you don't want to do it today. God's second. There is no first fruit in your life. See, some folks think that's just money. First fruit, that's money. That's just money. First fruit. Do you know what you give to God is what he'll multiply? If you give him what's dead and stinking, he'll multiply dead and stinking. But if you give him first, you'll be a homeowner. If you'll give him first, you won't have to sell one of them new cars. You won't be worried about your job looking for a new career until you're 75. He'll make something stick and something will work you out and make you happy and make you successful and make you smile because you pray and you worship and you shout and you rejoice whether you like the song or not. to be lenders and not borrowers the head and not the tail we got too many tails walking around and a tail don't have no eyes he ain't got no vision oh excuse me come on you want to have success you want that to work out do you want to have a clear cut absolute answer Put God first in everything. Give him the first fruit of your day. Give him the first fruit of your word. Give him the first fruit of your testimony. Give him the first fruit of conversation. When I meet that person at McDonald's in the morning, how you doing? I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. How are you? I'm good. Hey, is there anything I can pray with you about? Somebody said that's radical. Hey, somebody came to you that you thought was radical at the moment and you felt a spirit come over you and you said, I want what they got. Another verse, the Bible said, go and sin no more unless a worse thing come on you. I saw the Lord do a lot of miracles and people's heart got hardened because everything was good. Frogs are gone. I don't know the song, but I've heard the song. They say when you play a country song backwards, get your dog back and your wife back and your truck back and your best friend Frank back and whatever else. When you spin what this world calls life around backwards to where God is first and the world ain't on the page unless the Lord leaves enough space, you get all your stuff back. You get your family back. You get your children back. You get your wife back. You get your husband back. You get your truck back. You get your name back. But when we sow dead stinking frogs, what do we think we're reaping? I reap what's left. Lord, I'll give you the leftovers. I'll give you the gravy in the corner of the plate that my bread wouldn't reach. Really? Okay, then tomorrow when all hell has come to your address and things are falling apart, I'm going to give you ten times the gravy. That's it. No meat, Lord, no meat. What kind of God are you? Well, apparently I'm a gravy God. 
people have success and they go, oh, man, it wasn't no problem back then when I could support an hour. But now that I'm retired and got all this time, you know what? I got to find something to do or I'll end up having to give the Lord two hours. When I was broke, let me tell you who, who a lot of, I'm not saying the folks that have money in this church, they're off you. I'm not saying they don't support because they do. But I'm going to tell you who the most faithful supporters in every church are. The middle class people that know the only way I'm making it is because I'm giving. It's when you get too big to call it a blessing when you're going to be scooping up dead frogs and you're going to leave a stench on everything you got starting with your pocketbook and your prayer time and the faith you have in your prayer. Oh, I know there's some folks with their head down right now, but you shouldn't be because you've got an opportunity to experience the mercy of God that'll say, if you will come right now and give me your life today, you won't deal with this tomorrow. Oh, we're fixing baptized. We're going into another phase. There's people here. I almost prayed you wouldn't be here, but the Lord knew. I'm going to just tell you right now. God is in the business of keeping his word. Here's what he said. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But he'll get quiet on you. He'll quit speaking. He'll quit going ahead for you. Somebody hear me right now. That indictment they're fixing right against you. If you'll go home and get rid of all that paraphernalia and all that stuff that's at the house. It'll go away. I know a man that was caught up in a, in a car chop situation. He was going to go do 15 to life for stealing cars all over Dallas. And the district attorney's office got together to bring a bill against him that next day and couldn't find his box. Man ain't never missed church since. Because he said, Lord, if you'll take care of this, I don't know what I'll do when this Dallas DA gets a hold of this. And I know they're going to indict me. And I'm going to go spend a lot of time. But I will serve you starting today. He walked in the next morning and the district attorney said to the judge, we've got a problem. We can't find the box with his name on it. It ain't been found to this day. That's been 55 years. He's still living for God with no trouble. Oh, I could go on and on and on, but I don't want to waste your time. Because if you don't have it now, you're not going to get it. We ought to stand to our feet. And we ought to rush to this altar and say, God, forgive me. Purge me. I've been angry. I've been jealous. I've been bitter. I've been stingy. I've been greedy. I've tried to find a way around your word. There's a few coming Hey, Joe, this is going to be a wonderful environment to be baptized in. Just a couple of minutes, you get ready, because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. The Bible said, after you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and it'll lead you and guide you in all truths. I'm going to tell you what will happen. Nobody will be any more pure than you when we leave here today. See, she made her mind up, I'm going to be baptized today. Not Wednesday, not next Sunday, but I'm going to give my commitment today. Right now. Do you think he's going to wait till tomorrow to wash her clean? No. When her head breaks out of that water, there's a promise of a new birth experience, a new DNA, a new blood to flow, and Joe is going to be a child of the Most High King with his DNA. 
I think this right here ought to be a time where we go into weeping. This ought to be a time where we go into prayer. This ought to be a time we go deep. If there's a saint of God, if there's a person that even knows God in the building, you ought to reach. Well, that sermon wasn't for me. Well, you ought to reach for me because I need that sermon every day of my life. If it wasn't for you, pray for your pastor.